back to Pushing Buttons, an affiliate of the Geek Freaks Network. Proud to be a member of this alongside my co-host, Kevin. Hey. And welcome back. Uh, it's been quite a revival for us, and we're looking forward to pushing more of these out for you. See what I did there? Like buttons. There yeah, it is. Just like buttons. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we didn't say at all on the last episode? Other than talking about Ubisoft, we didn't have any other topics for other times. Oh my god! It is a true <laughs> revival. It really is better than before. Exactly. Oh, is it Power Rangers Zio? Stronger than before. Go Zio! <laughs> Nailed it. I love that song, dude. <laughs> what are we talking about today besides Power Rangers? Well, you know, I have a bit of a story that happened to me and it has been an incredible experience and it got me thinking you know there's games i miss playing you know games today they're just not like what they used to be and i have a chip on my shoulder about it <laughs> and i would love to discuss games that we actually did enjoy playing instead of not enjoy playing okay okay and the reason why I'm getting all nostalgic is because, you know, I've been hankering to get back into the old days, some retro gaming. And <clears throat> long story short, I had a CRT long gone and it's like the seas parted ways. I found one on Facebook Marketplace that was four hours away. Probably the one good thing Facebook's good for. Actually, yeah, because Facebook, I don't even have it anymore. But when I saw this ad, I'm like, oh, shit, I need a Facebook <laughs> to use it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, how's this going to go? And thankfully, the person on the other side was legit, and they were really nice. And I had a grand adventure uh, driving out there. And overall, I spent maybe 10 hours on this journey to get dang but uh i'm happy to report it was well worth the effort it is an incredible crt in great shape and it's just like the one i used to own like i had the jvc for you uh you know people that are familiar uh it's the jvc av-32 d303 and that is like the holy grail of CRTs for retro gaming. And I didn't even realize I had one until I learned about it much later after I had sold mine. And I was like, <laughs> well, what the hell am I doing with my life? <laughs> I was having a midlife crisis here. So before <laughs> you get too much further into this story, yes. do you even have any of those old consoles to plug into it still? So here's the thing. Um, I don't have my original 64 my original Dreamcast, or my original GameCube. I did have a PS2, which I upgraded to the slim design, so I still have that. And I still have my uh, original Xbox as well. But it stopped working, so I gotta get that fixed as well. But I do have a Nintendo Wii, which is basically like a GameCube emulator. It's basically, okay. you know, you can play any GameCube game on it, so that's, that's fine. And I actually... Uh, bought my friend's N64, our mutual friend, Andrew, Kevin. He sold it to me. Nice. So I had that. <clears throat> of course, I'm still missing my original collection, which, you know, is sad. But, man, I just, I've been playing so many games lately. I'm like, keep thinking back to the good old days. Like, I really want to go back and just really 
get into the N64 catalog, especially the PS2 catalog, and you know the GameCube as well. Like I've been dying to replay some of those games. Well, it's it's interesting that this is what we're talking about because it's it's gonna be very nostalgia based. I'm guessing both of, I mean, that just by the 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 topic of it, it's all based on nostalgia. Yes. So it's going to be a lot of what we played as kids, and you've got a lot of console stuff. Most of my gaming as in my younger life, I did play console stuff too, but it was mostly PC stuff. I think your console so, stuff was mainly through me, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I mean, as a kid, I had a Sega Genesis. Um, okay. I still have a, uh, a Nintendo 64. I still have my old childhood Nintendo 64 in my closet somewhere over there. Um, other than that, though, uh, from the 360 on, I was. Uh, you're familiar with most of my my console games from then on, but but when I was a kid, though, that Sega Genesis, the Super Nintendo, that was where that shit was at. And it just always felt like the PC was capable of playing uh, a lot, a lot more games, and still is to this day. You could, there's a lot, a lot larger library to choose from. Yeah, I hear that. Like, uh, I know for me personally, I would love to have those again like i never really had them to begin with really i never had my own sega genesis or super nintendo or the original nintendo or an original playstation for that matter and i would love to kind of expand my collection to kind of get those titles again and you know this topic is near and dear to me like i've always been at the back of my mind like i would love to talk about the good times like for our generation like before Everything took off. Well, let's kick it off then. What's the first thing you're going to play on that CRT now that you got it and it's all set up? Or have you played something already? Well, that's the thing. Um, As you know, I'm kind of in between places right now. I'm waiting to move to another state in about two, three months. So I don't have anything here with me to play. Right. But I do intend on either booting up the Nintendo 64 to play Mario Kart or Smash Brothers 64 or loading up the GameCube and playing Mario Kart Double Dash Maybe Metroid Prime, Smash Brothers Melee, that kind of stuff. Our console tastes are so different. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Mario Kart and uh, uh, Smash Brothers are two Mario franchises that I never got into. I tried so hard. Me too. Especially on the 64. (laughs) I've tried to convince you too. (laughs) Yeah, they're just not fun for me. They're not fun to me. I I can't get into them. Like it's like Mario Party that those are always big and I can't get into those either. Oh man, it's I don't know why, but have you ever played those games in a social setting? Yes, and you still didn't enjoy it. Not one bit. It's See, that's because I don't like social settings. That's mind-boggling. <laughs> yeah, I know. I I know you don't like social settings, but <laughs> <laughs> like that was the you know the complete amalgamation of a kid growing up during those times is having the big land parties of your friends over like, you know, the original Halo uh, on Xbox, like those were the, my first introduction anyway, to land parties as well as our church youth group with Starcraft on PC, which you also yeah. hated. So yes, it's just, Starcraft <laughs> is boring. Game. it's just like, man, who is this person? Why am I so drawn to him? He hates everything. <laughs> it's because opposites attract. It, That's just what it it's is. It's the truth. It's the truth. You know, uh, land parties for me were all about, and I, I'm going to talk about it a little bit later, but Quake 3 was like the biggest land party game for me. Mm. I love Quake, the Quake franchise, and Quake 3 is as 
social as I'm going to get when it comes to a, a, a game in that era, I think. You know, it, Quake 3, uh, Rise of Rise of Empire, or not, Age of Empires, or Rise of Nations. Those games were fun, too. I see. Okay, so you're leaning more towards, like, the solo-focused kind of. Um, always in life, yes. That's uh, outside of uh, being married. I almost everything I do is solo when it comes to my hobbies. I'm a very solo kind of person for sure. Okay. I can see that. I mean, we each have our tendencies. Like I have time to myself. I enjoy like, you know, these past few months I've been living (laughs) on my own with away from my family and my wife too, actually. And it's been difficult, but I'm, you know, staying just for the temporary to get some additional pay and before moving on to the next phase and, I'm starting to realize now the importance of that, like how family really does mean a lot. And, you know, before I always took it for granted, I would say, and now I'm learning not to do so moving forward. So what's that first game you're going to play on that CRT? (laughs) That is a great question, which I think I answered already, but I'll answer it again (laughs) because I want to play everything on it. Right. Um, the PlayStation 2. The, the first one game. Uh, you, you mentioned like three or four games. What's the one oh, game? What's the one I game don't know why, that you miss the most? I don't know why, but when it comes to those older games, like I think the culmination of what that experience was, was discovering new genres. And, you know, for me personally, Kevin, I think the m- biggest time of discovery for me was when you and I worked at Target. And I would be at your place all the time. And I would play my PlayStation 2 on your CRT. Uh-huh. Like, during that time, I discovered a lot of horror games. Like yeah, Silent yeah, Hill, Fatal Frame, uh, Clock Tower. Like, all those awesome PS2 horror. Like, uh, also, quite a lot of foreign games, like Yakuza. And... For PlayStation 2, anyway, that's what I want to dive into. Like, I want to get back into that catalog I have that I never got to play through fully. I did a lot of collecting back then, as you're aware. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the biggest one that I remember you playing at on my old CRT at my old apartment was Manhunt. Oh, yeah. Reason. That Manhunt. one stands out Yeah, 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 yeah. That- <laughs> I, I think I was playing something stupid like Death Spank or Guitar Hero or something on, on my 360 while you were on the, the CRT playing. <laughs> your your PlayStation 2. That was a lot of fun. I miss those days a lot. Yeah. The, Separate but together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Solo experiences <laughs> side by side. <laughs> it's not quite social. It's just more like we're all, our own little worlds, basically. Right. <laughs> it's funny. When I think of... Um, I don't know why this is the first game that comes to mind when I think of a retro game that I miss the most, that I would love to play again. It's Perfect Dark yeah. on the N64. Mm-hmm. It's a great game, but it's not like my style of game i wasn't i I loved goldeneye but i wasn't that big into it i loved perfect dark wasn't that big into it though i think it's just because almost any other retro game there are ways you can play them now between good old games between emulators uh games on steam even there's a ton of retro games there perfect dark hasn't other than getting an n64 emulator there's not really a good way to play that game except on a crt with an n64 i was gonna say i think they re-released xbox live arcade perfect dark and it had the original and they also had updated graphics they could swap between the two yeah oh, okay as i say didn't it suck though i i remember hearing that it was bad i don't remember i uh i think i did buy it but i didn't really play it 
maybe for an hour before I lost interest again. Sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> me with any game it, I play. It's you rubbing off on me. That's what's happening. I <laughs> see. I'm trying my best to rub off on you, but I don't think it's working. <laughs> eh, I'm, I'm pretty stubborn. I'm set in my ways. That's, what can this I is true. <laughs> so I, I know that you don't really have any, you didn't have a Sega Genesis or a Super Nintendo growing up. I didn't have a Super Nintendo, but I played one as a kid. I did have a Sega Genesis, though. Were there any games in that era that come to mind? Well, my experience is limited to friends having them, and I would like sleep over and you know play Mortal Kombat on Sega Genesis. That was a big one yeah. for me. Uh, Mortal Kombat was a huge uh, game growing up because there was nothing like it. It was so gory. I mean, it was it was freaking awesome. Like having Scorpion rip off somebody's head, or or excuse me, Sub Zero ripping off somebody's head. Or Scorpion burning someone to death. I mean, it was cool. Yeah. Like, there's nothing like it at the time. I still have a vivid memory of, like, my first time watching Scorpion, like, pull off his face to light somebody on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, holy shit, this is so cool. <laughs> and it made me really want to watch the movie when it came out. The movie was a letdown, but it was... Yeah, it, it had it, moments. Yeah, it's, it's still a movie that I'd watch again to this day, and I've seen it, like, a hundred times, but... That, that, was a, that was a good franchise. I'm all about Sega Genesis. There's this one RPG. It's called Sword of Vermilion. Mm -hmm. And it, I have it on Steam, too. And my dog is freaking out right now, so I'm sorry if you can hear that. But um, uh, Sword of Vermilion is a game that whenever I talk to my brother, my older brother, about Sega Genesis, we both talk about that game because it has... It, it's a bad game. Like, it's, it's a technically bad game. But it's so... It's just baked in the nostalgia part of my brain. That's like, I have to play this game and I'm going to stream it at some point because I like I said, I have it on Steam. I, I want to stream that game at some point just to let people see how good and bad at the same time it is. And I have a feeling that's what most of the games we're going to talk about are. They're good and bad games. You know, it's interesting you brought up streaming because what drew me into retro gaming was watching four player podcasts back in the right, day. Yeah. And I give them a lot of credit. Like they were pioneers in streaming because they would actually have the crt filmed by a camera to capture gameplay before you know capture cards were invented right and man they just had such good chemistry and i give them a lot of credit like they were incredible back in the day yeah it's it's really weird to think that i had only heard of them through you but Twitch is so big and prominent in gaming now, and they're never brought up, even though they did it before Twitch was ever a thing. They never it's crazy reach to mainstream status. Like, I know even now they're still doing it, but they're only getting 50 to 100 people watching. And it's like, man, that's a shame. But it is what it is. Yeah. Um, speaking of LAN parties, I, I talked briefly about Quake 3. Um, I want to talk about Quake 3 a little bit more because I. I don't necessarily miss the base game of Quake 3 Arena, but that game was like the most heavily modded game in existence. And it might not be true, but to me, it is. Uh, there were so many different types of mods and so many different ways to play the game. And it's just an, uh, an arena shooter. It was the best arena shooter at the time. Uh, but there were just so many different mods that changed the game entirely. And each mod had its own community within the Quake 3 community. And I got pretty close to some of them. Like, uh, there's a mod called Afterwards that was not, it didn't take off. There were maybe 
14, 15 people that were consistently playing it. But since the community was so small, we got really close. And for somebody that doesn't really like social experiences, getting close to people, it was kind of the same way I got close to my guild in Star Wars Galaxies. It's like just that tight-knit group, that tight-knit community of people that were all like-minded. And it was never, like, even though there were different clans in this afterwards mod, it was, it was competitive, but it wasn't competitive to the point where it was toxic. And I think that's the key with, with my memories of Quake 3, is that that was before, like, the, the toxic multiplayer was the norm. Like, before your Overwatches, before your uh, StarCraft 3s or Diablo 3s and stuff like that. Uh, it's just that, that camaraderie that you get from playing a game with a community like that. Yeah, I can attest to that as well. Like back, you know, we grew up basically in the infancy of the internet and, you know, wow, <laughs> how much it's changed since then, am I right? Yeah. Like even multiplayer gaming is like drastically different from back then. Like for me, you know, you brought up guilds and stuff. Like for me, World of Warcraft, I did the same thing. I joined guilds and we downed raid bosses together. It was freaking amazing. And over time, what ended up ruining that is metagaming like everybody trying to be as efficient as possible to where it eliminates the social aspect of it and that's what killed wow's community in my opinion and to make it as toxic as it is but i mean even going back to like online shooters like we had halo 2 like that was groundbreaking at the time there was nothing like it and you know on a console not pc but just on console gaming that's my main experience growing up was console gaming and even games like SOCOM one and two, like you had eight versus eight in, you know, these team deathmatch modes and man, there's just nothing like it compared to today where it's just so overly done and rampant and people just treat each other with disrespect now. Like it's just, uh, it's unheard of. Like to think about those online communities back then. It's, it's weird to think that, I think you kind of hit the hit the the nail on the head with the World of Warcraft thing, talking about how it's it's more of like a trying to get to be the best at something, and people worked it to a science to where you don't really need to try to figure stuff out in games anymore. It's more like one person figures it out, and if you don't fall in line and follow this one guy who knows how to do it, they kick you out, and that's where the toxicity stems from. That's why I can't play. When, when I was trying to play Final Fantasy fourteen, and their community is so much better than World of oh, Warcraft's yeah. community. Oh, yeah. I don't know how they, how they do it. But I, I stopped playing when I got to a point where I had to group with people. Like, they make you, in the main story quest, they make you group with people to go through the raids. And I ended up doing the raid, and it was okay. But the entire time, it's like, I, I was getting these flashbacks of World of Warcraft and Star Wars The Old Republic sure. to where... People expect you to play your role exactly how it's supposed to be played with no deviation and there's no apologies. It's, it, it's so, it, it takes away the fun and makes it a chore. And at that point, why are you playing? Well, I, that, I can kind of see your point of view, but I disagree. I think Final Fantasy, their community in general is way more welcoming and. Right. I said that. Yeah. You did. You did. But I think what the main difference is, is, you know, wow, it's such an old game at this point. Like, you know, the people still playing it are brain damaged, including myself, <laughs> from playing it so damn much. <laughs> but with Final Fantasy, you know, everybody is kind of like in it together. I feel 
definitely more camaraderie there than I do with WoW. Yeah, no, it definitely exists there. What I was saying is, um, when I have, it brings back the the memories of me playing. Oh, I see the memories okay. in the toxic. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. It makes me feel like I'm in these toxic communities, even though that game is is very good. There's other uh, like Japanese based games or Japanese uh, RPG MMO RPGs that are much better communities that that thrive because of it. But anytime I, it's almost like a, it's just a reflex. It's like, oh, I remember going through this in another MMO and I don't want to deal with this again. I get you. Anytime get you. you're in a, yeah. in a PVP situation or a PVE situation with other people, it's like, I just want to do my own thing. And that's why I quit playing New World as well. You know, that's something I meant to bring up in our uh, Games Redeemed episode. Like, I really want that game to thrive, but man, they have a lot of work ahead of them to make that game. Yeah. A decent game that game just doesn't have like any direction it doesn't have like a, a focus which is why i was so into it when it was in beta because there was no focus and you could go out and do anything but when you're bored of doing the the nine anythings that there are to do in the game there's no direction in the game to, to, to follow that's true that was my that's why i fell off of it yeah there's there's definitely like a feeling that it's unfinished like there, it needed yeah. way more time in the oven, but uh, it changed directions during development too, like two or three different times, like totally flipped on its head what it was going to be and then rushed out when it got a decent feeling combat system. The combat feels great in that game, at least, you know, this actually is a good segue. Like that's another reason why I miss playing games from the past so much. I mean, nine times out of ten, they were completely finished before release there wasn't dlc or expansion well i mean there are pc expansions but not for console gaming and you know the game was complete on launch like they couldn't update the game after it released and so you have a much tighter more responsive game you know granted there were the bad games that didn't work out those kinks before launch but the good ones anyway like they were just complete products like you buy it you play it you enjoy it you love it you remember it you look back fondly on it and for me that's the grand majority of why i miss gaming so much from back in that era there's just so many uh things that could go wrong in game development and especially nowadays like we've seen countless examples of this like games releasing way before launch and at least with Nintendo, like their games are always solid. Like big ones for me are like Zelda series, like all that stuff. Mario, Mario Kart, Smash Brothers. But there's other games too that other companies made, like Splinter Cell. Like I love Splinter Cell, and stealth games are dead. And one of my favorite memories is you and I playing Chaos Theory together for the co op. And I'm like, that was a lot of fun. I'm like, oh my God, I would do anything for that again. Yeah. Anything. I think that I think that's why we are pushing Escape Simulator so heavily. Yeah. <laughs> it's because we want to re-experience that that chaos theory level of co-op again. And I don't I, I really don't think that exists anymore to that level. It's rare. Like I know uh Joseph Fines or Fairs, I can't remember his last name. You know, he made a way out and more recently it takes two, and I'm dying to play that with somebody, hopefully with you. But I know you've expressed otherwise. And uh, 
more that when uh, It Takes Two came out, when I first saw the trailer to it, it was one that my wife and I said we were going to play together at some point. I don't know if that's still going to be the case or not, but... Well, I'm your main husband, so I can (laughs) can jump in there too, you know? You tell her that. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, going around back to Splinter Cell, like, you know, you heard about the Splinter Cell remake, right? Yes. What are your thoughts on that? I'm curious. Well, we talked about it on Geek Freaks a couple, oh, okay. three, four weeks I back, something like that. One. Okay. Um, I, it's the one Splinter Cell game that I never finished. It was the original? The original, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm really curious. I've tried going back and playing it a few times. I'm curious if it's going to be like a full on remaster, or if they're going to like just remake it, like do a whole new first Splinter Cell game. From what I've and read, keep the story the same, but make the levels and the, the the game design be different. I've heard it's a complete remake. So I'm like, you know, anticipating it. I think it'll be really well done. But again, this is Ubisoft. And I know I broke the rule by mentioning them. But <laughs> God. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you did so at the beginning, so <laughs> we're even I talked about Activision Blizzard last episode. So. That's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh Man, Splinter Cell is definitely like Chaos Theory in particular. It's such an astounding game back then. Like that was bar none, like the pinnacle of stealth games. Chaos Theory was great. I have have you played? You're probably going to think I'm dumb um, for not remembering this. No, but have you played any of the new Hitman games? I have not, but you've told me extensively how good they are. Especially if you get them all within the confines of Hitman Three, because you can play if you buy if you own Hitman One and Hitman Two, and you buy Hitman Three, you can play all the levels from One and Two within Three. This is why I haven't bought the game because it's so effing confusing. Like, if you buy them all, you have access to all. I don't of them. get you just it. Launch you just launch Hitman Three and you can play it. No, all but there's like so many editions on Steam. There's like Gold Edition and Legacy Edition, and there's like things that won't work or things that will work. That's your problem. Is that they went to Epic, uh, like halfway through, and it's much more clean on Epic. Like you, you buy one thing and you own it all. Whereas with Steam, you have to pick and choose what you. It's very very confusing on Steam because they kind of drop the support for it because they went epic when hitman 3 launched it's not exclusive anymore i think it was a timed exclusive but they cared yep. a lot less about the launch on steam than they did about the launch on epic i got you now okay that well that's disappointing to hear but i understand well i mean you can get it on like you have a console right well no nah, i just sounded like the the or i sound like that douchebag from from <laughs> blizzard you guys have phones, you guys have right <laughs> That is an out-of-season oh, April Fool's joke. <laughs> I'm still looking to get a oh. PS5. I, I can't find one anywhere. I can't find one either. I really want one. But I think that if you had, a, if you had your PS4 with you, or even your Xbox One, it would play very, very well on those. Because was, that was when the games were made. It was for, those genera- for that generation. And I play it, even on the PC, I play it with a controller. It's just so much mm-hmm. easier to play those kinds of games with a controller. I see. So if you if you find like an all-in-one package on either the PS4 or Xbox One, you're good to go. And, you know, that's also stealth game. Like, I think the last good stealth game I played, I mean, this is going way back, but, you know, aside from Splinter Cell, Mega Solid, Mark of the Ninja. That, Ooh, that was a good that one. That was a really good stealth game. And 
this is way back when I think Clay, I think that's the name of the studio. You know, yeah. this is before they went into Don't Starve and don't get me started on that game. <laughs> but I'm like, when are we getting a sequel to Mark of the Ninja? Like, holy crap, that game was incredible. Did you ever play Shank? I think that was the game that came out before Mark of the Ninja. You know, uh, I tried it. I don't like it. It's yeah, kind I'm, of generic. I'm in the same boat. And yeah. we talked about this before going live, but it's in my never category. So I'll, <laughs> you know, when we get to that topic for another time, there I'll bring it, it up. There it is. So I even kind of felt that way to some extent with Mark of the Ninja. I kind of thought that that was a somewhat generic bland for a side-scrolling stealth game. I thought it was kind of bland. Oh, no, it, it's it, it's so complex. Like, it's got a lot of depth to it. I got bored with it after a good three, four hours because it just felt the same the whole way through. Hmm. Um, Have you played or heard of Katana Zero? Oh, yes, yes, the indie game. I haven't yes. played it, but I've heard it, of it. Yeah. I think you'd enjoy it. It's it's definitely different than Mark of the Ninja, but it has some sort of like inspiration from that. Uh it's it's a lot faster. It's on my wish list. And it Yeah. Yeah. It's a good game. I, I think you'd enjoy it. And uh as far as action games go, like even like back before the Souls games came out, like I love those old school action games like Devil May Cry one and three. As well as Ninja Gaiden. Like Ninja Gaiden, the first one anyway, was such a great game. The first 3D one, right? Or are you talking about like the old school? Yeah, on the original Xbox. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. It got re released as black and then, you know, they got all grouped together for a re release. And... I mean, there was a, I'm pretty sure there was one on the, the Super Nintendo. Oh, well, I'm sorry. what I meant by that. I never played yeah. those, but uh, those look really fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can't. Do I that. don't think that's for me. No. <laughs> yeah. But the Xbox One, I loved that game to death. Like uh, playing through that was such a frustrating time because that was really my first experience with an action game. Yeah. So you know, I actually threw a controller and broke it, as well as a copy of the game. And my mom at the time was so awesome; she took the game back and got me a new copy. <laughs> that's so good that's so good oh, and I, I, I actually go you know mustered the courage to continue and not get as frustrated at myself and the game is incredible yeah you should play it I think that I think that's the game that made it so I didn't want to ever try a Dark Souls game because I tried playing on the original Xbox I tried playing Ninja Gaiden oh okay and it was very frustrating it was super frustrating so for a long time, that's probably why I didn't even play a Devil May Cry game, because aesthetically they looked similar. In my mind, it was like, I did not like playing Ninja Gaiden. Therefore, I wouldn't like even a fast-paced, not-hardcore game like Devil May Cry. And it took me until DMC Devil May Cry, the more recent one, for me to even try a Devil May Cry game. Yeah, that one was uh, interesting, to say the least. It was different. It was different. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Devil May Cry is another great game I've been wanting to replay. It's uh, got its roots in survival horror. It was originally meant to be a Resident Evil game before they changed it completely oh. to be a Devil May Cry. Kind of like Assassin's Creed was meant to be a uh, Prince of Persia game. Exactly. Before they changed that, yeah. Um, I actually had the, the three-pack of Devil May Cry 1, 2, and 3 on the PS2. 
I don't own oh, yeah. it anymore, I, but I did have it for some reason. I think I may have tried it. But I, fun fact for me, I didn't own a PS2 until after I had an Xbox 360. Mm. So I jumped back a generation to get a PS2. That's how far back on PlayStation. I had a PS1 and then barely had a PS2, the slim PS2, by the end of its life cycle before getting the PS3. I love you brought the 360 because that was going to be my next main focus. Like, especially for you and me, because, you know, oh, yeah. during our target days, you know, this was 2007, 2009, 2010. Like, man, that was a time to be a gamer. Xbox yeah. Live Arcade was where it was Exactly. At. That's where I was heading to next, actually. Uh, Peggle. Xbox Live Arcade and, yes, Peggle. Like, uh, we had <laughs> a bit of a competition between us as friends. <laughs> and, man, that was awesome. Yeah. Peggle, uh, such a simple game, but is like it, it epitomizes the mindset that I was in during that time frame when all I had, I had a PC, but it was a very outdated PC with like, at the time, maybe 30 games in my library, and they were all old games. The, the 360, you could buy a game for like $7 or no, it was, it was 800 Microsoft points was $5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you always had to pay like, it was, you always had extra Microsoft God points damn because it. the stupid currency. I miss those points, dude. I don't. I, I, I know you're probably saying that you miss it because of the, the nostalgic <laughs> feeling around it from uh, going over to my apartment after work and yeah. hanging out with, uh, I, I had a couple different sets of roommates there, but we all, uh, it, no matter who it was, if it was Mike or if it was uh, Dan later on, we all played Peggle together. We all played Call of Duty, like passing the controller around. We all played all those games, Guitar Hero, Rock Band. Yep. That Xbox 360 era was the shit. It was just no other time like it, really. Like, even nowadays, like, you, you know, we've come so far, but we've lost so much, I think. And, you know, the Guitar Hero franchise is a great example. Like, that's not even existent anymore. Like, they, right. the, I, as far as I'm aware, they don't release games. You have to find Clone Hero on the internet and play that if you want something similar. Yeah. And, it, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It's funny with the Xbox Live, because Xbox Live Arcade specifically, and then Xbox Live Indie Games was like an offshoot of Xbox Live Arcade. It had all the $1, $2 games. That was where I actually started experimenting with new genres and new games that I'd never heard of or never thought I'd play before. There was a game that was only a dollar on Xbox Live Indie Games called I Made a Game with Zombies in It. Yep. And it was a twin stick shooter that had this guy singing in a very obnoxious pitch about him making a game with zombies in it and it was only a dollar it was just so much uh to to live in those times and to be in that mindset back then because we were like what in our early 20s right back yeah. then oh man that was well see that those times are so much it fun. speaks volumes because it's like the mindset you know early 20s you're a dumbass kid and you don't right. realize it you think you're an adult and we were working at target for damn near minimum wage at the right. time too so it's not like we had the money to spend on anything else but that's the thing though is there was a lot of room for experimentation mm -hmm. and i gotta give microsoft a lot of credit like they were really forward thinking in this like even before steam actually mm -hmm. and they're uh what's their work for it like the steam workshop or it's it was green light at the time Greenlight. yeah thank you that's yeah. what i was thinking of but microsoft really 
opened the door for indie developers to like really expand and grow during this time. Like, yeah, not just with that indie game thing, but uh, go on. Sorry. Oh, uh, no, I was going to mention like the summer of arcade was a huge success. Yes. I bought yes. every single game. I did too. Usually for those three years, 2008, 2009, 2010, I bought every single summer of arcade game. And they were some of the best games I ever played that year. Like Limbo and Braid, Bionic Commando, Rearmed, like a lot of good stuff. Yeah. A lot of good stuff. Any of the games that were featured on Indie Game the Movie, uh, you had Fez, Super Meat Boy, yep. uh, was Braid the Braid. other one? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the, those games really set the pay, set the the table, I guess, so to speak, for Xbox to keep experimenting with those, because those were massive successes for not only Microsoft, but it launched the careers of, well, most of the people involved with Indie Game, the movie, um, kind of not so much for one of them, but <laughs> unfortunately, that was and that led to the, the summer of games or summer of gaming, whatever they called it, uh, to start experimenting more with that at Super Meat Boy that launched basically launched the career in the mainstream for Edmund Edmund McMillan, who went on to make The Binding of Isaac, which is one of my favorite games of all time. Now, it led to Spelunky like Spelunky released first. Besides the freeware version of Spelunky that was on PC, the HD version of Spelunky first released on Xbox 360 before it ever touched PC. It was like a year or two before it even hit PC. I know. It's, it's astonishing. I think that. Yeah. Like yeah. it was a really good time back then. Like there were so many new, exciting things coming out, like especially with mainstream gaming. Like we had games like Bioshock and Mass Effect and Assassin's Creed, and we had collections coming out like Orange Box. And I was going to say, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, really good horror games too. Like Bioshock again, Condemned, Dead Space, Resident Evil going even stronger. And it's like, it was a great time for innovation. I, that's sorely missing today. Uh, Skyrim, or uh, not Skyrim, sorry, before that, um, Morrowind, I guess after that, so Oblivion, <laughs> uh, when he had Oblivion, then Skyrim, um, you got the Fallout games were massive on the 360. That's where I started playing the Fallout game. And also, that's the emergence of the open world game, like Fallout yeah. 3 in New Vegas, Red Dead Redemption, Assassin's Crackdown. Creed again, and Crackdown, and Batman Arkham City. Like, these games were phenomenal. GTA 4, GTA 4, GTA 5. Yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah. astounding to see what came out during that time and how little credit we give them nowadays. Like, it's astonishing. Yeah, I stopped playing new video games for a long time in life until the Xbox 360. Because I, I know we, we said a couple times is when we were working at Target. The coolest thing about that, though, at the time, they didn't pay us much, but we got 10% off of anything in that, that store. That's true. And that included... That included the cards for Microsoft points. <laughs> so yeah. we would spend, you know, $45 instead of $50 on a on $50 worth of points. And then I'd go home or yeah, I'd go home and end up spending that on a bunch of games on Xbox Live Arcade. And then whatever little like one, two, three, four, up to like nine, ten dollars that I had left, I would spend on the Xbox Live indie game section, which was like the, 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 the tiny games. And I played so many goddamn games. There's a game on there called it's tech 3001 it's like tec hmm. 3001 and many years later it's just like a running game where you're like switching it's kind of i i there are a lot of games that are like it it's kind of a platformer but kind of timing based or rhythm like bit based. Trip runner 
sort of, okay. but running down a tunnel rather than side scrolling. Mm. Um, many, many years later, I'm talking like probably three years ago, maybe four or five years ago, I found it on Steam. Like that game's on Steam now oh. because of its own success on the Xbox Live indie games section. And it was weird too because Microsoft tried burying that indie game section at some point. Like it got to a point where there were so many uh, free and $1 games that were coming out all the time. It's like what you see on Steam now that they're, they try to shift the focus away from the indie games and more to their own arcade system. And that indie game section was so overlooked because it was like the true indies, like the what you would think of at the time, people in their basement coding a game. And that was just where experimentation was just... It, it thrived mm. and led to Steam being like, as you said, now after Greenlight, they have their open door policy where any game can get on Steam pretty much at any point. As long as you have $100 you can spend, you can get a, a license and you can get any random shit on Steam anymore. I miss the old days. I mean, even with like early access, right? You had a lot of games still in development that you could actively play. And I'm sure that was really fun for the time. But for me, it never appealed to me. Like, I know I don't like playing a game that's not finished. Like, I just don't like that at all. And, you know, going back, you saw so many complete games that were phenomenal and iterated on over time. Like, we saw at least between 2010, 2013, like a big one, a big standout for me is Last of Us. Like, that was like, for me, that was just such everything I wanted a game. Like, it was action focused, post apocalyptic, great story, great characters, great dialogue, great production values. And, you know, I'm kind of disappointed with the second one because it kind of tarnished the legacy of the first one for me anyway. And, you know, we have so many unnecessary sequels now, it feels like. Like, even with, say, Dishonored. Like, I love Dishonored, the first one. Uh, the second one, you know, again, it kind of tarnished the reputation of the, the legacy of the franchise. And, you know, I just don't think there's a lot of games nowadays that really, truly are innovative, like, you know, for mainstream anyway. I know indies yeah, always experimenting and doing really cool stuff, but I've, they're mostly remasters and remakes. Now. That too. They, they even stopped doing sequels and they just ended up re rebooting the, the original one. Saints Row's doing it. Splinter Cell's doing it. I wouldn't be surprised if Bioshock does it at some point. Uh, Mass Effect will probably end up doing Thank it. Thank you. I was, I was trying to find the transition there, but that's what I was trying to lead into was we're seeing so many remakes, remasters, reboots of these games from the golden era, essentially. And, you know, they've been great too. Like Resident Evil 2 remake was excellent. I loved it. Had a great time with it. The third one, not so much, but now they're going to reboot Resident Evil 4. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I, why wouldn't I just go back and replay Resident Evil 4? It's already perfect, but we'll see what happens, <laughs> I guess. So that leads me to when you're talking about playing games that you miss the most, is it more something that you wish you could just go back and play again, because you, but you don't have access to it? Or is it more something you're thinking you want to play again for the first time and get back into the mindset of that? It's both. That would, bring, th that would bring me to Mass Effect, the first Mass Effect. I have never had that experience again. I will never have that experience exactly. again. Exactly. Um, I... I started getting into Star Trek around the time, it's 2007 when Mass Effect came out, I believe. 
Um, I started getting into Star Trek around that time. And it felt like I was playing a Star Trek game. But it was in this brand new world, brand new universe. I read the novel that came out before the book. So I was like, I already had the lore in my head. I knew what was going on. And I just wanted to experience it. And by God, by the end of that game, I was like, I was like shaking because of how good it was. And I've never, never before that and never since then felt that. And I wish I could experience that game for the first time again. And I never will. And it's sad. I, I, I get that. Like, I know what you mean, but I also look at it from a technical point of view. I still remember when I first made the switch from CRT to HDTV. And the first game I ever played was the first Dead Space. And my God, that was incredible for the time. I had headphones for the first time. I never played a game with headphones before. And it just totally opened my mind to the potential of gaming as an entertainment medium. Like, it's so immersive. And it just really pulls you in with the gameplay sometimes. And, you know, Dead Space is one of my favorite games of all time because of this. It just did everything so well from a technological point of view with the lighting and the sound design and all that stuff. But even like back from the N64 to PlayStation and the PS2 and Xbox and GameCube, like the graphical leap was ginormous. And we don't see such drastic leaps anymore in, you know, graphics. Right. And yeah, people keep yeah. saying that we're that. How, how much better can graphics even get at this point? And there's still probably a lot more like with physics and with lighting that can be done, even though there's been huge leaps and bounds in that respect on that. But I, the, the availability of parts at this point is like, I don't want them to get any better because I won't be able to run the games that, use, that, take, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that make use of that. You know, a great example of this is the new God of War, right? The 2018 one. It rebooted the franchise. The, I mean, the original trilogy is amazing, but and it's still technically in canon. It's in the lore of right. that. It doesn't override it at it's all. It's not like a true sequel, but at the same time, it's kind of like a reboot because the game was not. I mean, not the franchise was dying, but the game itself was, you know, fading away from people's memory. It's been several years. And that, and that, that genre of game had kind of been dying as well. Yes. The, the typical hack and slash character act. Exactly. And, you know, it was our 2018 game of the year. And it just now got released on PC. And people are like blowing up about how awesome this game looks on PC, making me almost want to buy it and play it again before Ragnarok comes out. But, uh, you know, I think that's the biggest argument for graphical presentation moving forward. Like we have so much more detail in 4k resolution and now we're going to 8k resolution it's like holy shit like what can be possible like i'm not even in the 4k generation right now I, i've got a 1440p monitor that's the, the, the highest resolution screen <laughs> i have i mean uh we do have uh a sony 4k television which i did play god of war on i was blown away by it nice. but uh yeah when looking at 8k and beyond it's like what's really next in that regard like what's going to be the next big thing technology wise like vr i still haven't played a vr probably game, but I've, i haven't i've either. heard great things about half-life alex which i really want to play i still want to play beat saber god oh, beat saber <laughs> beat saber looks fun too yeah it does that looks like a workout yeah. i think that's what i'm i want to get hooked on a game like beat saber because it looks like a workout and i'd actually feel like i'm working out rather than just 
sitting here with a controller in my hand. <laughs> I know it's like, uh, what's what's really going to be the next big innovation in gaming? I think that's what I'm most curious to see. That also sounds like you, you know what I'm going to say. Another topic for another time. Yes, it sadly is the <laughs> end of our episode, but uh, I had a great time recording this. We didn't really dive into games so much, but we can always revisit this again. I th- yeah, I didn't bring up uh, even half the shit that I had prepared for this because a lot that Xbox Live thing. I think that hit the nail on the head with with everything with people our age wanting to play games based in nostalgia. I think that was the time period. To base that on. I think it's more about the sense of exploration and self-discovery in yourself. I think that's what I truly miss about gaming back then because everything felt new and now it doesn't. And I'm not sure if it's the same for you. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah, because that was, like I said, that was when I tried experimenting with new genres and new IPs and stuff that I never thought that I would have before. For sure. But there's been some surprises. Like, I know for me personally, Sayonara Wild Hearts was a game I never thought I'd play, and I loved the hell out of it. And I'm sure you had a couple of examples as well. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I'm going to bring up pro wrestling just, just really quickly. I miss the old school, the N64 wrestling games. Those were WWF WrestleMania 2000 and WWF No Mercy, WCW NWO World Tour. We have a whole episode on uh, wrestling games that you can listen to uh, further back in the feed, but those games just hold such a special place in my heart because that's what got me into pro wrestling. And to this day, I still watch pro wrestling because of those games. And I miss the the ones that are that the arcadey style like that <laughs> for sure. Well, no, I think this has been a great uh, topic. I, I know it's been fun for you as well. And we got to know each other a little bit better and our fans get to know it. <laughs> get to know us a bit better and that's what i wanted to accomplish i think we did that today yeah so awesome uh thank you again for a lively debate and conversation i always enjoy it if uh if any of you listening have any suggestions for topics that you want to hear us talk about um especially if you know our taste by this point and want us to like argue with each other that's always fun we could it's been a long time since we have (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh, let us know all the social media links are down below um be sure to follow subscribe rate review um pass the pass the message of pushing buttons along to your friends because we love we love talking about video games and we want to talk about it with you thank you as always and uh we'll catch you next time love you love you